Hey, so this morning, is it okay if we just continue to worship the Lord a little bit? And for those of you that are watching online, uh, if we do anything this morning, I just want you to know that I do have a small disclaimer, okay? Um, I love the words of Jesus Christ. You know, he was teaching at a festival. Actually, he was at a festival. About halfway through the festival, um, he came and he said, you know, uh, the people were wondering, how has he learned such things without ever being taught? And Jesus said these words. He said, the words that I speak, the teachings are not of my own, but they come from the one who sent me. He also said this. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And can I just tell you something this morning? Um, what he says is what's important. Amen. And he's called us on this as we celebrate again and once again as we refocus as the church on the mission of the church that God has called you and I to be salt and light like pastor said a few minutes ago. He's called us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth and he's called us to go. Amen. Will you do me a favor and will you make the choir welcome real good? Will you do that trophies of the grace of God? You guys all right? Yeah. Hey, so this morning we pray that uh, as the guys come and share about the life-transforming power of his spirit and the word of God this morning, that you would be encouraged and strengthened, those of you who are watching this morning. If you have someone in your family or in your sphere of influence who's struggling with addiction today, how many of you know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. I believe this morning in the power of the Son of God who is able to deliver and set free. Amen? And so I just pray that you would be encouraged, your faith would be strengthened today to, to believe for those around you who are struggling with substance abuse, that they can be delivered and set free. And so this morning, I'm gonna ask, uh, this is Jansen, everybody say, hey, Jansen. Jansen, you can grab that right there. There you go. Go ahead, Jansen. Morning, guys. Man, y'all's worship team here is amazing, man. That's amazing. I've been to a lot of churches over this, over this past year that I've been here, man, and uh, dude, this is awesome. But uh, my name's Jansen. I'm 30 years old. I'm from Kannapolis, right outside of Charlotte. Uh, when I was young, my mother, my mother passed away of a drug overdose, and uh, it just completely affected my life growing up. I bounced around. I felt unwanted. Um, I seeked acceptance, places that I shouldn't. I started using drugs and alcohol very, very young. Um, that just led in and out of prison. Uh, I went to multiple secular rehabs. Um, in and out of hospitals, man. I uh, traveled all around the world and uh, trying to run from my problems, man, and uh, it never worked. I always ended up right back in the same spot that I started. Um, I, uh, in 2018, my sister passed away of a drug overdose as well, and that just completely sent me down just a uh, spiral, man. I, uh, I lost control. Uh, I just completely lost control. A few months after my sister passed away, I overdosed as well, and I woke up in ICU eight days later with my family standing over me. And, uh, man, that was, that was tough. And, uh, I knew I needed help. 
I was hopeless. I was suicidal. Uh, I just didn't want to live anymore, man. I'd lost everything. And uh, my dad found Sand Hills Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, I called in about two or three days. I mean, it was quick. I didn't even really have time to do anything. Kim in the office, man, she just like, she was relentless, man. I really didn't want to come. but She was just relentless for me. She just called and called and called and wouldn't leave me alone. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. She's a, man, she's an angel. And uh, so I came and I've never opened a Bible before in my life. Like I've just never been, you know, introduced to anything. And I came my first day. They took me straight in the chapel. I mean, it's my first day. I just overdosed like a week ago. And uh, this is my first day, man. They take me into the middle of a circle, and everybody lays hands on me and prays for me. And it's just like, I mean, I felt it, it was just incredible. I can't explain it. I fought it for a while, and about a month in, I finally surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, immediately, I, uh, I mean, it just clicked. My whole attitude changed. Um, I had a purpose on my life. Uh, I mean, everything, I went from wanting to die to a month and a half later after coming here to having a purpose for my life. Romans 8:28 says, and we know in all things that God works together for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. It's like he said earlier, all things, not just some things, not just good things, all things. God will take all of our everything we have, man, and he'll use them for the kingdom of God if we allow him to. So now I have a purpose on my life. Uh, I'm just trying to be obedient to God right now, man. I graduated October 25th of the year program. I uh, felt tugged to stay an intern, so I committed to a six-month intern, which that's coming up to an end now. But four or five days after I graduated, my dad passed away, suddenly. And uh, now I, I lost everything. Uh, you know, and I'm just so grateful for Sand Hills because instead of turning to alcohol and drugs like I used to, I opened up my Bible instead. And, and I received the most comfort and peace that I've ever received in my entire life. I cried, I got it out, um, and I ended, up, I ended up doing my father's funeral. And I just think that's incredible, man. And, uh, and God is good, and now I'm just... Uh, he told me to stay, so I'm staying. When he tells me to move, I'm going to move. So thank you, guys. Amen. Good job, Jansen. Amen. Hey, so um, we also have with us this morning, uh, uh, this is Nelson, everybody. Would you make Nelson welcome as he comes to share about what, how the Lord has delivered him? Uh, his family is here. I'm going to ask them if they would stand just real quick. And would you make them welcome his sweet wife, his wife Angie and Kaylee and Nathan? Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to be here this morning. And I was just thinking during praise and worship, I'm especially glad to be here alert and in my right mind. I know my family will echo that amen and, and, um, we're just so excited to be here. I graduated uh, the program a year ago, and I met my wife 32 years ago. We both gave our hearts to Christ in a church very similar to this one in Thomasville, where the Spirit of God moved and the gifts of the Spirit functioned, and we were just radically changed, especially me. And um, 
We served there for years in ministry under the leadership of Pastor James Dodd from Thomasville. And we were just so happy. I had a thriving business. We were doing very well, uh, living the American dream. And um, I got uh, introduced to pain pills and um, kind of like a, a leak in a, in a tire that's a very slow leak. It, it started out uh, very small and turned into something very significant over time. And I tried my best to hide it from those in, in the church and friends that I should have reached out to. And, you know, I did pray for uh, deliverance, but, you know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I pray, it's, um, I'm kind of like asking God to do things my way. And so my prayers were um, sometimes kind of like this, Lord, if you'll just deliver me from this addiction and do it in a way that no one has to find out so that I can just wake up the next morning and be uh, delivered so that no one has to know, that would be great if you could do that for me. And uh, the last time I prayed that prayer, a week later, I was arrested on a drug charge. And it was in the newspaper. It was on the Internet for everyone to see. Everyone knew, you know, the light was on me. And um, that opened the door for me to come into Adult and Teen Challenge. And I've got to say, when I, when I entered in uh, the first few weeks, it was an adjustment. You know, it's a year-long program, and you're away from your family. But it didn't take long for me to uh, realize that the Spirit of God was there in a powerful way. And uh, the men and women that are involved in it are so committed. I thank Sal and Debbie for their commitment, the, the staff, the leaders, everyone that's uh, a part of that. It just made such a, um, an impact in my life right out of the gate. You know, when I graduated, um, I knew really after just a few months that I was going to stay and help in the program. But um, toward the end, when, when I was getting ready to graduate, uh, I wanted to present it to my wife. It's a good idea to, uh, to ask your wife's opinion on life-changing um, decisions. And so I said, you know, the thing that they uh, really want to feel like you're called to the ministry and um, to be a part of that, to, to you know, give back to the men here. And um, I said, honey, I said, you, you feel like that I'm called to this uh, ministry? And she said, with the wisdom of Solomon, she said, um, well, honey, all I know is it's all you ever talk about, you know? And I said, well, that's enough. That's all I need to hear. I already knew it. I wanted it to be confirmed in her, and that was it. And so, you know, we're so thankful for churches like you that support um, not only financially but in prayer. It means a lot to us. It means a lot to Angie and I and my children as well that, you know, we've got folks that support us. Uh, I don't know that we would have made it this far in our marriage. We were, we were struggling. Um, last September, we celebrated 29 years. Yeah. <clears throat> and I said, honey, you think we would have made it without the ministry of Adult Gene Challenge? She said, probably not. Um, you know, and so uh, we're just so thankful for churches that support and give and and, and give back to, to, um, to the ministry. We want to thank you uh, for that on a personal level. And thank you for letting me share this morning. It was a real blessing. God bless you guys.
Amen. Well, so for the sake of me not falling over and getting hurt, moving my new perspective. Great job, Nelson. Nelson actually uh, is our advancement development uh, coordinator over in our Kannapolis Center. I was talking with uh, Tim. Where's Tim? He was playing guitar this morning. He told me he's a graduate from Team Challenge in um, Baltimore, Maryland. Is that right? Am I right? So he was saying this morning about how um, he did uh, 12 months in induction. But he graduated there, and uh, he couldn't leave because uh, he was—he had some legal issues. And you know, we are celebrating 34 years. We were under the training center in Raresburg, Pennsylvania, which David Wilkerson started many years ago. About two years ago, God really uh, spoke to us about purchasing our properties, and so we formed a new uh, a new 501 and. We're still Adult and Teen Challenge of North Carolina. Come on, somebody say amen. But here's what it did for us. It helps people like Tim. So we had people for the last 32 years coming to our campus that could not leave the state. Some people could never come because of probation and parole and uh, interstate compact. And so now that we own all of our campuses and the guys come to Kannapolis for the first phase, there you go. Let me try that again. Now that the guys come to Kannapolis for the first phase, there you go, that was better. Um, and then they come to our, what used to be phase one in Carthage, 31 acres, beautiful facility. God's been so faithful. And so it opened our net in a greater capacity where we're able to help more people in North Carolina. Come on, somebody say, oh yeah. And so we're so grateful for that. And uh, this morning, I just want you to know that Jesus Christ is able to deliver and set anybody free. Amen? Hey, so that was fun, wasn't it? Amen? Hey, um, uh, this morning on, on your way out, um, we do have some cards uh, that are on the table out there. You can grab one on your way out, maybe just as a reminder to pray for us Uh I just want to say thank you so much for those of you who have prayed for us for years. Um, how many of you know that uh, a missionary cannot go unless they're sent? Amen. And uh, this church has been a part of, of sending my wife and I across North Carolina uh, for the last 30-something years. You know, it's been an amazing ride. We've seen thousands of people come to know the Lord Jesus Christ um, through the gospel, and um, if I could very briefly before I share from the word of God, just give you a report from last year alone, just a couple of things, uh, and that's uh, that we had uh, 69 men uh, come into the discipleship ministry and experience uh, the power of God, the spirit of God, and the word of God bringing life transformation, amen? And um, so we, we, uh, we were able to do 21 outreaches um, and uh, community events with speaking over to uh, 21,000 students uh, and youth with the messages of hope and uh, probably 
Uh, how many of you know that it's been tough? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's been tough, right? So it's interesting uh, that our traveling has slowed down some, but here we are today. Amen? Uh, it's, uh, if I could just tell you that since uh, the shutdown in March of last year, I was actually at one of our district uh, meetings in Lumberton uh, with Pastor Tim that day. The next day was when everything shut down, and uh, we have not had one case of COVID on our campus yet. So you saw the guys this morning. They were wearing masks. We've done everything that we could do to be safe. Um, we feel like it's so important for us to provide quality ministry and to assure safety for the men who, are, who come to our campus. So everything has changed since that date, but how many of you know that the message of hope has not changed? Amen. Ministry has taken on new forms in outreach, uh, you know, with uh, social media and things. You know, obviously, there's lots of people that are watching online. And uh, so we've been doing our very best to continue to be faithful to what the Lord has called us to do. Uh, last but not least, uh, let me just say that 80 people made first-time decisions for Jesus Christ uh, in 2020. Amen. And uh, you guys have sown into that. We just want to say thank you so much because without your prayers and without your giving, we could not do uh, what the Lord has called us to do. This morning, I'd like to read uh, to you from a passage of Scripture that you're very familiar with. If you want to turn in your Bibles uh, to the uh, book of Luke, chapter 10, I'm going to start reading at verse 25. And while you're turning there, uh, let me just make a correction on something that I said earlier, uh, seven billion people living in the world today. 3.4, not million, I said million. 3.4 billion unreached people. Come on, somebody say wow. All right, hey, let's say it backwards. All right, let's say it upside down. No, come on, I got, wow, come on everybody. Do you know without your mother, you wouldn't be here? I got to do my mother's funeral this year. It was a, it was a great celebration. 95 years old, my mother came to Christ when my father died when I was 17. He died from cancer. My mom had a nervous breakdown in our backyard. And we had some neighbors that were spirit-filled. Jesus-loving people. Now, the guys were here this morning, and you hear their stories. You see, I am one of them. I'm a graduate from Teen Challenge. I drove my mother crazy. I drove my next-door neighbors crazy. I can't believe that, that they put up with me as long as they did. When my father died, my mom was in the backyard hanging clothes on a clothesline. 
and our neighbors led my mother to Christ. My mom got involved in, 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 a, in an organization called Women's Aglow. Come on, everybody say Aglow. Yeah, they were fired up, man. I'm just telling you, honest to God. And my mom, she got discipled. She didn't just walk down an altar and pray a prayer, you know, in a church. She, you know, prayed out in the backyard having a nervous breakdown. And her life was radically changed as the word of God and the spirit of God and the people of God rallied her and brought her out of this depression and darkness. Well, I didn't have much hope then. How many of you know that? I'll never forget my wife and I were blasted out of our brains. I was steeped in my addiction. And um, my mom and her friends invited my wife and I to a, uh, a banquet. And these ladies had been praying for us for years. And we ended up showing up there and we came in, I'll never forget, it was a, it was a banquet hall filled with, with ladies that loved Jesus. And we were, I was out of my mind, just to be honest. And we came in and we sat at their table and they all just were like lit up like little light bulbs. We were their project. You see, I wonder today, you know, like who your project is. I, I thought about, I thought this morning uh, about preaching several different messages is I thought about the time in which we live and how easy it is to forget the importance of the mission of the gospel of Christ and the calling that is on our life as a believer in Jesus Christ. You know, these people that were prayed my mom into the kingdom, they were not pastors. They were not evangelists, you know, teachers. They were just Jesus-loving people. Well, you know, not long after that banquet, I ended up stopping by my mother's house. I was living in my car, and I was addicted to drugs. I had no hope, just like the boys that were behind me this morning who now have hope. And I stopped by my mother's house, and it was there in her living room where I heard the gospel like I'd never heard before. I had people speak down to me, tell me that I was no good, that I would never amount to anything. I even had church people tell me those kinds of things. And I, you know, I already knew all that stuff. But at the age of 21 years old, on March 10th, 1979, living in my car, I heard the gospel through Christian television, TBN. And there was a man that told me God knew about what I was going through and how much I was hurting all of the pain of my addiction and the loss, you know, of life and the depression that I felt, the hopelessness that I felt in life. And he began to tell me that God knew all about it and he cared. And that God loved me with an incredible passion, that he wanted me for his own and that he would take my broken life and put it back together again and give me a hope and a future and that day, I knelt in my mother's living room in front of a TV, and I prayed, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my broken life 
and to give me a hope and a future and healing, and he did just that. He broke the chains of addiction from my life and delivered me. It was March 10th, 1980, a year to the day that I ended up in a Teen Challenge men's home that's no longer there on South Hobart Street in Los Angeles, California. You see, I had prayed to receive Christ, but I was not discipled and completely delivered. There was a process. Come on, everybody say process. And I needed to learn what it meant to be a man of God, to be a man of prayer, to be a man of the word, to be a man of the church. And that's what Teen Challenge ended up doing for me. It was Teen Challenge that was a vehicle that God used to bring transformation and deliverance in my life. In early days, I had the privilege of traveling with David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz, my wife, um, was on crusades with Dallas Home and Praise. Come on, there, those of you that are nodding your heads are telling how old you are. We've been like David Crowder back in the day. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ and people who love Jesus enough not just to attend church, but to be the church. And pastor, to quote you, to do what the book says. You're in your Bible there at Luke chapter 10, a very familiar passage of scripture. I'd just like to read starting at verse 25, and then I'm gonna bring a couple of truths out this morning and then we're going to close and pray together that God would send us and use us to impact our world in these crazy days for the kingdom of God. I'm going to start reading at verse 25, and it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, at, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? The question of the day. And he said to him, What is written in the law, and what is your reading of it? And so he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Come on, somebody say the next two words. Do this. Come on, somebody say, do it. Do it. Do this, and you will live. You know, when I start reading this passage of Scripture, I realize that, you know, he's asking about the law. And if you know the law, you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. You know, this is what the Lord requires of us, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything that we have that our entire life would be about loving God with everything that we are. That my passion would be all about him and about the things of God as I think about things that are of eternal value because there's 3.15 billion people who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
to love God with all my heart. You know, God doesn't really require much of us, does he? He just requires everything. He wants all of us, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. He wants all of us. Do this and you will live. Verse 29 says, but, come on, everybody say it with me, but. Come on, say it, but, right? I'm gonna say Heine. But the man wanted to justify himself, Kim. And he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell into the hands of thieves. They stripped him of his clothing and they wounded him, they beat him and they departed leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, verse 32, when he arrived at the place, he came and he looked and he passed by on the other side. Verse 33 says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed and came to where the man was, when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And so he went to him and he bandaged his wounds and poured in oil and wine. and He set him on his own animal and brought him to the holiday inn. There he stayed and took care of him. You know, when I read that, can I just give you some of my perspective? When I read that verse, it reminds me of people who support our mission. There's all kinds of missions that are out there, but God has called us to help those who struggle with addiction, finding freedom through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when I read about this in, it makes me think about those of you who bring people to us and help support the ministry so that we can see them find a new life in Jesus Christ. On the next day, verse 35, when he departed, he took out two denarii and he gave them to the innkeeper and he said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these do you think was the neighbor to the one who fell among the thieves? And the man replied to Jesus' words, he who showed mercy on him, and Jesus said to him, in the words of Pastor David, go and do it. This morning as we get ready to close, everybody say he's closing now. On this Mission Sunday, 
Can I just remind you this morning that the mission is great. There's people who are hurting who don't know Jesus Christ who will spend an eternity separated from God in a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Eternal torment. Never to be saved again. Matthew chapter 25. I read about the ten virgins and how the door was shut. Five were ready and five were not. Can I just tell you that the, the need is great today, but God has a plan, and that plan is you and I. There is no plan B. When I look at, at, at the world population and all the lost people, where do you find th three Point five, 15 billion people that are unreached. Where do you find them? I'm gonna tell you where you find them. You find them on the road of life. Everywhere you and I go, we're passing people who are desperate and hurting. As I get ready to close, everybody say he's closing now. I really am. I find three kinds of people in this passage of Scripture. And the first one is the one that is in the gentleman who was beaten and stripped and left for dead. What is it today, the day in which we live, where people who are on the road of life are beaten and bruised and wounded and left for dead. Things like, hey, here's the biggie. Anxiety. Fear. Depression. Worry. Guilt, shame, hatred, bitterness, resentment. The cares of this life, divorce, abortion. Addiction. People wh whose lives have been broken and bruised. You know, it's amazing to me that wherever I go and speak, whether I'm in a building like this, the church, or whether I'm in the street, that I find this first kind of person. People who've had secrets that they've never told anybody that are destroying their lives. Can I tell you this morning that if you're hurting and you're here or you're watching online, God wants to bring healing to your life. 
first person I find is the person who's healing or who's hurting. The second is in the priest and the Levite who came to the place and saw the man in his condition but passed by and did nothing. That's the religious person. Can I tell you that God is calling you to a place of abundance and spirit-filled life where you're empowered by his Holy Spirit to not go and be the light and the salt in your own strength, but under the unction of the paraclete of God, the Holy Spirit. Because he's called you to be a witness to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Can I tell you, he wants you to start at home. Number one, I find people who are hurting. Number two, I find people who are religious and do nothing. And then the third kind of person is I find that in the person of the Samaritan, an outcast from society. The Jews weren't even supposed to associate with them. Come on, somebody say, God wants to use me. Yeah, no matter where you come from, God takes ordinary people and he does extraordinary things through them as they surrender their life to him and allow God to empower and use you wherever you go. This morning, I just wonder, are you the first person? Are you hurting? Number two, are you that second person? Number three, are you the one that wants to be used like the Good Samaritan that wherever you go, You'll pour in the oil and the wine and bandage the wounds of the lost and the hurting and see many people come into the kingdom of God. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I just want to pray for you, Father. I thank you for your word is true. For you have shown us and opened our eyes to the need of our lost and broken and hurting world. And Lord, you want to use us to bring good news to the lost. This morning, if you're watching online and you say, Sal, I've never received the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. This morning, I realize that there's a God who loves me and cares for me and he wants me for his own. This morning, Sal, I'd like to pray and receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm going to ask everybody in this house if you would pray this with me. Say, God, I believe in you today. All over the house, God, I believe in you today. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that he died on the cross for the sins of the world. Believe that he died on the cross for me. Jesus, today, I receive you. Please save my soul. Deliver me from my sin. Cleanse me and make me new. And give me a new life. I surrender to you today. Now help me to live for you all of the days of my life. By your grace, that I would be faithful to you. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness now. I have eternal life 
I am born again. My name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. And when this life is over, I will spend eternity with you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. As Pastor David comes this morning, if you would stand to your feet, I want to ask you this this morning. You're here today and there's been things that have happened in your life that have brought pain. And you're like this person on the road of life that the Good Samaritan found you say Sal this morning that's mean I need God to reach into my life and to bring healing from things that have happened come on will you lift your hand right there where you are if that's you no shame here I'm gonna wait just a moment he loves you you're here this morning and you have a family member who struggles with addiction you say Sal I want to see them delivered if that's you lift your hand right there where you are Can I just tell you that as we call out to the Lord this morning the names of those who need deliverance, I believe that God will release His power in this place and in their life. You're here today, you say, Sal, I want to be used by God wherever I go on the road of life to bring hope and healing and deliverance. That's me. Will you raise your hands right there where you are? Pastor David, will you come and will you lead us in a, in a closing prayer and an altar response? Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we thank you today. If there's any, maybe you're watching at home today and you've been struggling with something in your life, whether it's an addiction or, or depression or, or fear, anxiety, whatever it might be, you've been struggling in your life today. We heard the word of the Lord, he who the Son sets free, he's free indeed. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And Lord, we thank you today that everyone in this room, everyone within the sound of my voice today, we declare your word, Lord, that we're free. We're free in the name of Jesus. Lord, today I thank you for just putting a burden in our hearts, a burden within our spirits, Lord, to reach the lost, to reach those, especially those with with struggling through this life, Lord. I pray that you'd put a burden in our hearts for people and that we would see the need they have for you, that we wouldn't see the, the anger sometimes that manifests, that we wouldn't see the, the, the nasty nastiness that comes out of people, but we would see there's something underneath that that's causing all of that. There's a spiritual need in their life, and I thank you, Lord, that you would put a burden in our hearts. Lord, that we would walk with awareness of those who need you. So Lord, I thank you for blessing your people today. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace towards us. Lord, we thank you again for this ministry of Teen Challenge and and Sal and Debbie. Lord, I thank you for just blessing them in the name of Jesus and all they do. In, In your name we pray that, amen. Somebody say amen.